In this episode, I have my friend Savannah, aka Blissful Bohemian, here with me. And I'm really excited for you to listen to this episode because we get witchy, we get woo, we get mystical and magical. And I know you are going to love this episode if you are into all of that, which I'm sure you are if you're listening to this podcast. So Savannah is a former chemical engineer turned medicine woman, psychic medium, and six-figure spiritual entrepreneur. She is the CEO of Blissful Bohemian and The Portal, both of which are aimed at raising up this generation of lightworkers and guiding them on the journey from anxious empath to empowered healer. Savannah is great when it comes to helping baby lightworkers and baby starseeds, as she says, people who are at sort of the beginning stages of their spiritual awakening, their spiritual opening, their spiritual gifts. And she is a great teacher at helping them understand how to harness and embody and use their gifts and also how to work with energy and so many other things. She shares literally so much gold in this episode and some really cool little magical things that you can try as well. So I'm pumped for you to listen. Make sure that you check out the show notes as well so that you know where to connect with and find Savannah um, after this podcast. She's on Instagram, she's on TikTok, and she shares a lot of really powerful things on all of her platforms. And I'm excited for you to connect with her and get to know her more. So without further ado, let's welcome Savannah onto the show. Welcome to the Spiritual Boss Babe Podcast. If you're a woman who is ready to step into your power and manifest a life and business that sets your soul on fire, then you are in the right place. I'm your host, Stephanie Bellinger, and I'm a mindset and success coach for spiritual entrepreneurs. I am obsessed with helping my fellow soul sisters shine their light and live out their purpose so they can experience more magic in everyday life. We all have a special purpose here and we're meant to share our message and gifts with the world. You deserve to be fully supported emotionally, spiritually, and financially from doing your soul's work. Together, we can make a massive impact in the world and it's time. So let's do this. Welcome, Savannah. I am so excited to have you here and really looking forward to diving into all of the magic and witchery that you have in store for us today. Thank you so much for having me, Stephanie. Yeah, I love what you're doing and I love the um, message and work that you're putting out in the world. And you've been helping a lot of people. You've grown a really amazing, beautiful community, it looks like, on Instagram and TikTok, helping people with many different things, mostly on their healing journey, yeah? What? Yes. Um, go ahead. I specialize in uh, baby star seeds, baby empaths, baby healers. Mm. What do you mean by baby? Like people who are just discovering their gifts? Yes, people who are just having that like healer awakening and they're like, oh, I'm not crazy. I'm actually incredibly gifted. What the hell? Whoa, that's awesome. That because I remember that stage. Actually, I want to share this before we go even further because maybe I want to hear your story about this too. But I remember, I mean, I've, I've been into spirituality, the woo, whatever you want to, the whole thing for since I was a teenager as I shared with you when we were doing our live. And I always knew I was different, 
but it wasn't until like I was maybe in my 20s when I was in New York, when I was living in New York City, that I came across this video on YouTube about lightworkers. And I know it sounds silly that I was into all of that, but I still didn't like know about that. And then when I listened to this video, I was like, oh, I remember I was, I was literally running on the treadmill at the gym because I watched YouTube videos when I'm on the treadmill a lot. And I had tears streaming down my face because it just resonated so deeply. And I think it's so um, incredible that you're kind of helping people with that awareness and process themselves. And I would love to hear your experience when you were like, oh, whoa. <laughs> so similar to you, uh, always been into it, always known I was different, um, always could sense that there was more, but a lot of my childhood and adolescence was that was suppressed in me because mm -hmm. of my religious upbringing, uh, mm -hmm. evangelical, fundamentalist Christianity, and just a lot of dogma, a lot of shame, a lot of guilt. Mm -hmm. uh, so that was all really suppressed in me until about the age of 19. I was in college. I was out of the house. I had finally friends that weren't in the church um, or in my, like, my school was also religious. Uh, and... I came into a crystal shop for the first time. This was previously a place where uh, I was very much taught was evil. Mm -hmm. Same. And, right? Like satanic and mm -hmm. scary, and we should definitely not go in there. But I went in. It's I believe they were burning Nag Champa incense, and I smelt it from the street, and I was like, what is that smell? And mm -hmm. I was just drawn in, and I fell in love. Um, but similar to you, I didn't really make it. It wasn't my time yet, necessarily. Mm -hmm. uh, so I continued to live the life that everybody thought I should live, that I thought I had to live to be worthy of love and acceptance. You know, because I didn't. I was I was very hurt in that regard because I was always weird, and there was you know I was always the weird girl and kind of like the outcast. So I was you know very sensitive, and I am very sensitive and empathic. So you know everybody wants love, right? And so I realized that if I just do everything that everybody thinks I should do, then they would love and accept me. And so my life was built on that, on that, my castle was, was built on that sand. And mm. so I was, you know, riddled with panic and anxiety. I used to be hospitalized for it even and, you know, prescribed different things. And so, so all of that, which contrasting to right now, it's completely under control and like, I know how to handle the anxiety that comes up and that's a whole other topic, but I, yeah, so that was at 19 that I was like, oh, I like this stuff and slowly I, I would get into feng shui and crystals and space clearing mm -hmm. and just progress tarot cards in, uh, at the age of what, 20, 21. Um, but I continued to live this lie, right, of guilt and shame and how I things had, how I thought things had to be until I was 23 and a half-ish and I got really, really sick. Mm. Um, this is very common for someone who's being called onto a path, like um, the path that I walk, a, a shamanic path, is to be sort of initiated by life or by the universe um, by means of sickness. Um, so it was a mystery illness. No one could, the, the rheumatologists and uh, different specialists 
could not tell me what was wrong. Uh, in total, and this was like pretty much my dark night of the soul, I was mm. sick for 18 months. Wow. Like, or 14 hours a day I would sleep. I had no energy. I had wow. no brain capacity. I had like a uh, brain fog. My hair fell out actually. Wow. Um, it's, yeah. It's, <laughs> I had about a third to a fourth of my head was completely bald because of how just inflamed and sick I was. My hair was just like shedding, 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 shedding. And I had like a wet cough for like over a year. Like I was just sick as a dog for no reason for this extended amount of time that no professional could tell me about. They check my blood, they check everything. They thought that it might be like mono, but mono is only like a month or two, not mm -hmm. 18 months. Yeah. Um, so this is uh that that sickness very much dark very much a dark night of the soul for me um i was an engineer uh i feel like i talk about this like it's a past life uh, <laughs> it, was, it, it was it feels I was like it i'm sure yeah totally uh you know i was always meant to be on this path and I'm very grateful it's just you know i had strayed so far and i think you know how could how could i not we're always attending to that highest consciousness available to us you know i was i try to forgive myself a lot that i um i was just doing the best that i knew at the time until i you know got a really amazing course correction from the universe so in the middle of that sickness i cried out and i was like cried out to the universe to god source um and i kind of had that moment of like i'm so fucking miserable i am like i'm I was definitely uh, ideating in this point, for sure. Like, mm -hmm. my anxiety uh, was to the point that it was also causing depression wow. um, and suicidality. Uh, so, which I've never been there since. Like, that was, like, that's not something I generally regularly struggle with. It's just, mm -hmm. like, it's very circumstantial for me. Um, so... Yeah, I got sick out of like literally nowhere, and I had been working my happy little engineering job and career. I had my my apartment, my car, my relationship, and through it all, I was still like so miserable, and something was missing. And then with the increasing, ongoing, never relenting, unexplainable sickness, then you know I really got to a rock bottom where I was just like, I can't do this anymore. I can't live this life anymore. I can't work this job anymore. I worked at a defense contractor contributing to war mm. literally the opposite of love and peace yeah <laughs> you know what i mean like i was just so out of of where i belong and where i am now mm. and and my whole life i had never found that so you know i was just doing the best that i could at the time like we all do and so yeah i had that moment where i cried out and i was like i will do whatever you tell me, whoever you are, lead me there. I know it's not here. You know it's not here, like, at the universe. Like, show me the path. I will do what it takes. I will walk it. Like, just help me, please. Like, because otherwise I'm out. <laughs> wow. So, very much like rock bottom, dark night of the soul. And uh, maybe, like, a week or two after that, that call out, um... I ended up quitting my engineering job and career, dumping my fiance, um, and I actually met my current partner in that same in that same few days. So, <laughs> which is a whole other topic. This was March two thousand nineteen. Wow. 
So I would still, like, go deeper into my Jackknot of the Soul until December 2019 when I finally started, like, walking the path, practicing daily, my spirituality, my own healing, stepping so deeply into that. And so it's been a very much a fire path. I was the... the all of 2019, I didn't have a teacher, and all of 2020, but I found uh, in late, in like August 2020, I found my current teacher who I'm in a shamanic apprenticeship with. It's like many, many years. And so that's kind of the gist of how I got where I am. Uh, the sickness, it feels like almost the universe dragged me onto this path by my hair. You know, uh -huh. I just got like snatched at the nape and like go over here, you're supposed to be over here, and it was just this crazy, insane quantum leap. Um, it's like a completely shifted realities, right? Wow. So, so, so did, that's, yeah. did the sickness just go away on its own after yes. that? Yes. Wow. Maybe it was also like you making those big life changes as well, like quitting your job and leaving that the old partner and like kind of clearing some of the energy that was maybe not resonant for you that's wild and you never found out what it was or what anything wow i went to oh my gosh i can't even tell you the money that i spent on specialists trying to figure it out wow and and my in this time that i was like trying to figure it out my partner abandoned me and left um my ex-partner mm -hmm. from we lived in florida he went to live in california with no intention of me following him but wow. he didn't tell me that wow i can only imagine like the just what you were going through and and I, this, that would change anyone's like kind of outlook and um direction in life and so from there when did you start like sharing your message and your work in the online realm and kind of like um deciding hey i need to help other people on this path too i'm clearly on this path for a reason and I got to start putting my stuff self out there. So <laughs> this, that happened January, 2020, right? So my stepmom gifted me a singing bowl hmm. and that's how I initially, that was kind of like the initial momentum for everything that I've built thus far. Um, I posted a video on TikTok and I was just like, Hey, do you guys like this? TikTok had not yet blown up really, right? It was like right before TikTok really blew up in the States. Um, and so I decided that it was time for me to come out of the broom closet in accordance with my relenting to this path and choosing to have a daily spiritual practice and being committed and devoted to this, this healing and this, uh, you know, I, I didn't know what I was doing at the time, right? Mm -hmm. I look back and I'm, I'm like, oh, you know, you can hindsight is twenty twenty, but I just kind of did what I felt called to, and you know, it just everything expanded from there. And then I ended up taking my first one to one client in August twenty twenty, and it's just been exponentially growing since then. It's it's kind of crazy what happens when you say yes to, and everything just shifts like into alignment. How how quickly things can can grow and happen and change. Yeah, I love that you point that out because it's true. And oftentimes when we're in like the, like when people are just starting out or are focused so much on what they want, it can seem so far off, like the results and the impact and the, all of that. But things really can shift really quickly 
when you follow what's in alignment for you and 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 uh, that's like the that's the, really the practice following what's in alignment with your heart and soul versus what you think you should do yes definitely and what other people think you should do yeah so do you, so you said you work mainly with baby star seeds and people who are just um starting their journey what are some of the things that you go into with the way that you support people oh one of the first things that if you're having this awakening and you're realizing and everything is just like opening up and kind of shattering your reality is one of the first things that i like to hammer home and teach is grounding mm. Uh, people who are star seeds, who are psychically gifted, who are healers, empaths, etc., tend to be very gifted in the upper three chakras, right? But the lower three chakras tend to be sick and shut down, and so mm -hmm. they're not existing in their body. And all of this power that's up in the third eye and the crown, it has nowhere to come manifest with through the grounding. Mm. So oftentimes we see the solar plexus, uh, the sacral, and the root just being like shut down, sick. Uh, traumatized and because it's so when you're sensitive like this reality and the 3d can be so intense if you don't know how to handle your energy if you don't know even that you're taking on other people's energy then it's very easy to shut down these centers right so that's one of the first things is like let's take a look at these um, lower three chakras and let's start a grounding practice and what are some things that you do for grounding aside from like feet on the mm -hmm. grass kind of thing? <laughs> well, I, I tell any of my students or followers that the best ways that, that I have found to come into my body, because I tend to be, I'm, I'm naturally ungrounded. I have to be grounding myself like at least once a day, if not two or three times a day. But the best way to come into your body in the present moment, which is my definition of what it means to be grounded, is to work with the four elements as they are occurring naturally, which most of the time we have at least three of them available. So this would be like, like you said, putting your feet on the ground, earthing, um, getting some wind to actually like wind if you're somewhere where it's windy or you have like the car windows down this the wind can really help to clear your aura can help to bring in your body because it feels good right these things they feel so good to our humans so we want to be in our body um can be also sunbathing that's fire um can be swimming in a natural body of water like a river uh, the ocean a lake uh, if you don't, if you can't get outside for whatever reason, though, you can also work with your senses to ground yourself. So think about why you would want to be in your body in the present moment. You would want to be there because it feels good to be there. So it might be having a hot, delicious meal that you're very present with, that you really are mindfully tasting, that you're, you're feeling the heat of the steam on the skin of your face. So, uh, so think in terms of the four elements and then as they naturally occur and, or, or artificially, you know, like you can light a candle or something like this. Um, or you can think in terms of the five senses. So it can also be that you smell like a really grounding essential oil, like vetiver or bergamot. Just something that brings you necessarily in your body because you're using your physical senses. I, 
I love how you explain that. And I don't know how much in, how into human design you are, but also people who have like an open root center are probably prone to feel much less grounded than those with a defined root center. Um, mine is defined and it's funny. Sometimes I don't feel so grounded, even though I really do a lot of body stuff. Cause like I can go out in the ethers a lot as well, but people tell me all the time, you have such a grounding personality. Like I feel so grounded when I'm with you. And now I understand why is because probably they have an open root and I'm around them and I have a defined root center. And so like for those listening that if, I mean, I would recommend checking that out too, just to kind of know if you have an open root center, maybe you would benefit more from doing a little bit of intentional and extra grounding work. I love that. I also have it defined same mm -hmm. as you, same as you. People are like, you're so grounding. I'm like, really? <laughs> That's what I say sometimes. <laughs> um, I want to backtrack a little tiny bit where you said that a lot of star seeds and, and people who are empaths and, you know, everyone listening to this podcast <laughs> essentially um, are a lot uh, in the upper chakras mostly and how the lower ones need the work or clearing or, or whatever, however you want to term it. Um, uh, let's bring this into a little bit of manifestation talk because we have to ground things into the physical reality. And I would love, and you know, I'm all about the manifestation vibes on here. And I would love to kind of hear you uh, riff on that a little bit of like, how to bring that energy into the physical in the form of manifestations as well and the, what you're creating. Hmm. I could talk about spell work here. Oh, I would love that. You know, I used okay. to, I used to be way more into which, I mean, I still am into witchy spell stuff, but I used to be way more back in the day day. <laughs> I love it because it's, you're working in the physical, mm -hmm. right? So, uh, to back up a tiny bit about the chakras, when you start, so this is what I recommended, the first thing that a baby gifted intuitive empath would do is grounding. What you notice in just the first few weeks of doing this, very quickly, uh, and meditation alongside with that, meditation can be grounding in its own ways, that all of this power comes rushing to you. And it was there all the, all the time, right? It was there the whole time. It just happened no outlet it had an electronics so i worked in microelectronics when i was an engineer for a system to work and not overload itself and explode in the human that might look like anxiety there needs to be a ground and actually all electrical systems including the ones in your home have a ground that there's an electrical there's a way and a path for the electrical current that's running in the electrical circuit systems which you are also one of these, mm -hmm. there has to be a way for it to electrically travel back into the ultimate ground, which is the earth. So every energy grid, every electronical circuit grid has a way that that energy is eventually released, usually via a copper rod into the earth. And so once you start doing these grounding practices, like I've, like I've been describing, all of this power comes starts coming rushing to you and you might not know what to do with it. You might get scared. You might shut it down. Um, but so beyond strengthening those lower three more human 
chakras um, to be able to actually bring your magic into your body into the present moment. I love spell work because, well, let's just talk about the words witchcraft. So we can even split these up. The heart is the convergence of the upper, the more divine, and the lower, the more human chakras. You know, as we speak about the human body and our systems here. The witch part is those upper three chakras, the more spiritual, the more divine, the more psychic. And then the craft part mm. is the lower three, right? So when we do witchcraft, we bring both sides of ourselves into that practice. Um, and the crafting part, which is where you use like herbs and oils mm -hmm. uh, that have specific meanings, that's a whole other rabbit hole on why those are the meanings. Mm -hmm. uh, then you are bringing your intention into a physical something, right? So if I'm holding a bay leaf, which is known for like abundance and prosperity, and I know that the frequency of that bay leaf is such, and then it's, it's a physical object in the 3D reality, and then I'm putting my intention, which is more 5D spiritual etheric thing, into that bay leaf, intending that this bay leaf is going to bring me prosperity. And knowing and speaking that into existence and kind of like almost in a way coating the bay leaf with that intention and then I have the physical object with it then I have a physical representation of something that is an idea mm -hmm. so that's why I love spell work so much is because we can work in the physical to affect the energetic and of course we can work in the energetic to affect the physical so this can be it doesn't have to necessarily be, you know, what we think of as spell work. It can be even just having a vision board. It can be, uh, I, I love to hold a specific altar just for my clients so that I am physically holding space for them. Mm. Like I put their little names, like I love I that. Put their, I put their no. little names on these cute little stickies and then I work with them uh, that way. And this is a type of like, this is a type of magic as well. Um, so, yeah, if you, if you, you don't have to, you know, become this, like, crazy, like, witch to do what might be categorized as spell work. It can be as simple as literally just writing down what you want to call in. Mm -hmm. And then it is physically articulated in the 3D. Yeah. I, I used to do a lot of, and I, you know what, I still do. I actually, I guess I don't always look at it as like a specific spell, but I do stuff like that all the time, like um, writing things down, doing like uh, releasing ceremonies, fire ceremonies. Um, I've done a lot of things with different essential oils and certain herbs. I've been working with a shaman actually in dream time and he has me doing different herbs in glasses and like leaving them on my in my room but for those who are maybe like new to spell work or um yeah to doing different rituals and stuff like this i know this comes up for a lot of people is like the difference between white magic and black magic and like where the line is there and what types of things that you do and especially in regards to like love or money, <laughs> what would you say to that? You're, you're saying for people who are afraid to do, yeah. to cross the line. Yeah. So it's all about the intention. 
it's the witch part of it, right? The craft is is what we're doing in the physical. The witch part is the intention, the idea. So if you're doing a magical working with the intention to harm somebody, then you're crossing the line. For me, it's it's the line is a little bit difficult to cross in mm -hmm. my conviction and my integrity. Uh, so in my shamanic path, we take an oath to only only restore love, restore harmony, restore order. And so everything that is in contradiction to that, where we are bringing more chaos, more fear, etc., should it be through a magical working or other means. Mm -hmm. Like you will know when you're doing that. You can feel it in your heart. Your heart is where the intention is coming from. Do you feel anger, aggression, even uh, spite, revenge, when you're doing this magical working, especially if you have someone in mind? Or, you, you know, it's for me, it's like, you know, some, some people, they might be, oh, I don't want to do something wrong. I don't want to harm anybody. Mm -hmm. You would have to intend to, to do yeah. so. Yeah, that's a really good way to put it. Um, and that's, that's definitely a good way to put it. I remember when I first, I actually, like when I was like a, a teenager, as I was sharing, I was really, that's when I first started getting into a lot of this, especially the spell stuff too, because I was in a really dark period of my life at that time. And I just really wanted to get out of it and started with like self-love rituals and cord cutting things to drift myself away from the toxic relationship. Actually, I did a uh, cord cutting um, spell uh, before I ended the relationship with the, I call him the psycho still, <laughs> with the, I had his, it was, he was very abusive. I, know, I think I mentioned that. And I was with him from when I was uh, 14 to 20. And not only did I do a cord cutting but I, because I, I do believe in the power, of course, of magic and uh, all of this stuff. But I also had gone to a psychic and had her support me in addition to what I did with uh, extra energetic support of letting go. And she gave me something else to do while she worked on it herself as well. Long story short, with, this is unfreaking heard of. I'm not going to go into the whole story because I literally ran out of the apartment to escape him, but he never ever bothered me again after that. Didn't try to harass me, didn't try to get back with me, didn't, nothing. After five years, we lived together and like, I don't, if anyone's listening and if you've been with someone like a narcissist or, you know, someone like that, you know that they don't really give up that easily. <laughs> so it was, it was um, just amazing for me to see, whoa, he literally just like completely gave up. But I think not only did the energetic piece help of like the spell work and stuff like that, but me standing in my power saying, I'm fucking done. Like I am done to the done, done. There ain't no coming back. Like it was just kind of a known thing. So anyway, I just wanted to share that. Um, but yeah, it, spell is, work. it speaks to the power of mentorship. Mm -hmm. Right. Like you had from that psychic at the time. Yeah. And I was literally, yeah, I was, I mean, I've seen her since I was like 14 and I was 19 when I left him. I wasn't seeing her like that regularly, but towards the end I was, I was seeing her almost 
on a weekly, bi-weekly basis. Because for me at the time, she was like a coach, like a, you know, a spiritual guide who I didn't have anyone. I couldn't really tell my parents what was going, I chose not to tell my parents what was going on. And I felt very alone aside from myself, my own spiritual guides and practice. And then this woman who supported me energetically. And I'm so grateful for her because she actually taught me a lot of things too. She, she taught me um, how to meditate. Like she, it's so funny. I, I never talk about this. She taught me how to meditate, basically told me to start meditating. And she started telling me um, what type of things to do for like self-love rituals. And that was really supportive of me on my path at that time because getting into spirituality is what saved my life from that whole experience. And everything has been like going ever since, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, if I had my ups and downs like any, everyone else, but for the most part, it's up and up after that. Like that was my dark night of the soul. Like I don't mm -hmm. think I could, you know, get any... After that, I knew that life was only getting better from there. Mm -hmm. I'm sure you felt kind of similar after your illness and everything. Yeah, yeah. It's it's so dumb to like put it down on like social media about like that one viral TikTok that I had, but I knew when it happened that it was the beginning of the end and I was very happy. Mm. You know? What did you share in that TikTok again? It was just me playing a throat chakra singing role. Oh yeah. Aw, that's so cool. Simple. That yeah. it went viral. So um do you have any favorite like money spell rituals that you like to do or money talks? yeah let's I, get into the I, money talk <laughs> i just uh i just taught a, a class about this like two days ago oh nice. um, so fresh <laughs> uh hmm so first is probably every thing that you've talked about on your podcast i feel like your listeners have a really good background on the energetics of manifestation and how money kind of works the energetics uh so that's good that's something that i would lay the foundation first but i think we already have that uh but the actual workings of it is to know what reagents so ingredients bring prosperity Mm. Uh, you don't necessarily need to know why, but you could study into why. It's actually pretty cool. It's The short explanation is that everything has a specific vibration, mm -hmm. and through that has a specific tie in the upper realms. So that's how, like, rose can be for love, cinnamon can be for abundance. Yeah, I've used cinnamon for all of my things, too. Mm -hmm. Love, love cinnamon. Mm -hmm. uh, so knowing the magical reagent, so that's generally going to be... Um, green and gold or yellow crystals, green and gold or yellow candles, oils that, oil, cinnamon oil, clove oil, um, so, so I'll, I'll talk about bay leaf, uh, Eucalyptus cinnamon. too, or is that mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Eucalyptus, I don't use that one a lot, but that's, that is, that is one of them. Um, anise, like star anise, so we, what do we got? Clove, star anise bay leaves, cinnamon, and uh, eucalyptus. So use, knowing those herbs, you can have oil versions of them, you can have like tinctures of them, you can have them in incense form, you can have them in different forms. But so now that you have the reagents that are aligned with what you are uh, intending, then we have the craft items, right? 
some arts and crafts, right? But a little, a little more, a spiritual arts and crafts. <laughs> if, you, if you're uncomfortable with the words witch or witchery, we'll call it spiritual arts and crafts. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, manifestation crafts. So definitely I would also say to work with the moon phase. You want to be mm -hmm. planting your manifestations on the new moon. This is the first day of the moon cycle. So it's like the moon is kind of reborn on the on the new moon. So you want to plant on the new moon. And then on the full moon is when anything that's holding you back from that manifestation will be, you should, uh, or it is recommended that you go in and strip that away. So the, the full moon is all about releasing in this way, anything mm -hmm. that is blocking. And then as the moon, so the full moon is halfway through the moon cycle. As you complete the moon cycle, then that's the full 28 days of the manifestation like taking root in the physical reality uh how it's going to come in we don't know right mm. a lot of the time we don't know how it's going to come in it's not our job i like to say that how is not my department mm -hmm. i'm outsource that one yeah <laughs> i'm outsourcing the how i'm i set the intention uh often i do the craft for it and i let it go and when it comes back it's almost like a surprise because i've released it so much that i've almost forgotten about it right mm -hmm. and and i will come back and touch back in with the intention on the full moon to see if there's anything that's come up that needs to be released for what i'm manifesting to come through um but yeah working with the new moon when you plant these seeds uh you can also work with the first of the month you can work with the month in in this way as well if you're not aligned to working with the moon uh we just had a new moon that was like on the first of the month or close mm. to it which was like just amazing lineup uh so on those days one of the most common things to do is to blow cinnamon into your door have you mm. heard of that one mm -mm. into your like front door yes oh so i like door, that the door that you use as your front door, so that so for some people that's kind of like the side of the house, like mm -hmm. their garage. <laughs> but if you go through the front of the like the house, whichever resonates more, whichever when I say it's the front door, the main in and out door that you come into your house with, that's the one that you want to use. So you'll take um, just a palm full of cinnamon in your right hand, and you can say an incantation, whatever um, feels right. But something it might be something like, with this cinnamon, I blow abundance comes and enters into my house. With this cinnamon, I blow prosperity, it comes to stay. With this cinnamon, I blow wealth, abundance, prosperity, and all the bliss of life comes to live in this house. And then you will blow Ooh. the cinnamon into into the house you want to leave it for a day or two i'm telling you this is one of the most i love candle magic and i love this i love so candles too with this oh my gosh oh candles and crystals i can never have enough yeah um <laughs> i can it's just the limit does not exist i love because they're such amazing tools right mm -hmm. um but between and i'm going to talk about the next candle magic for prosperity um, making money sachets or money bowls or money uh, jars and blowing the cinnamon to the house. These are the ones that I use the most and I do them because they're the bang for your buck is amazing. Like the the prosperity that you're able to call in through these magical workings for how simple they are is awesome. They're very efficient. Mm. So the blowing cinnamon on the first of the month is a big one. Um, if you don't know, I'm sure you can Google these things or just like YouTube, TikTok, search them. Uh, so that, and then green candles, specifically ones that are made for money workings are really great. Like the little They'll, taper ones? 
those are so the spell you candles. Could use that. You could yeah, use those. those. Are, I have like those in every color, um, and like you know, little you just burn them all the way down. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I love love green candles, um, but sometimes people they they make with the oil. It's specifically for prosperity money. Mm-hmm. Um, they make it with the prosperity oils blended into the wax. Oh, so when it, it burns, then it will have that smell, and it's a green candle. And that's like you know, you got to get scrappy sometimes with your witchcraft. Like you mm-hmm. you know you use what you have. Um, it could look like maybe you crush up some bay leaves. You um, get the candle a bit hot over, over um, a flame, and then you roll it in some oil and that bay leaves. That's for prosperity, and you dress your own candle in this way, which mm-hmm. you want to be present and intentional with all of your magical workings. Because if you're not, then you're just lighting a candle. Like mm-hmm. you know, it's just so much less powerful if you're not present and intentional, intentional with it. But think about like if you actually sat down and did that craft with so much intention and then you lit it and you knew that by lighting it that that was it it was done like that's so powerful it's such a beautiful 3d uh way to decide that something is done which is Mm -hmm. like so important for your manifestation process right Mm -hmm. so green candles lighting it with um some sort of words incantation intention um i love to take that those green candles like i said roll them in oils that are um, of prosperity so maybe like a vetiver oil or a bergamot oil or a cinnamon oil and i would love to um, maybe then roll it in some bay leaf and you know the oil and the bay leaf kind of sticks on the candle and as you burn it then you can have those smells like if you had the unscented tiny taper candles um and just doing that when you feel like I could use some more abundance and even better if it's on the on the new moon slash first of the month. Um, and then third is I love to make like um, a money bowl or a money sachet, which is just like a little baggie uh, or a jar where I will use the same reagents, right? So I will put maybe like a crystal in there. Maybe I'll put some like green calcite that I really like or some pyrite that looks like gold. Mm-hmm. And then I might add some, some of those oils. I might sprinkle some cinnamon in there. I might um, bless it with some like prosperity, whatever it's gonna be, incense. And then I will seal the jar. I might even put a dollar bill or some coins in there. I was just, um, gonna, I was just seeing that in my mind's eye. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And, and then seal it, and I might take some of that green wax and drip it to help seal the top, uh, really close that, and put it in. I love um, I love feng shui so much. This is how I got started. Energy work was with this spatial stuff, space clearing. Mm. Um, so the from the perspective of your front door that we identified earlier, the back left corner is the wealth corner of your home. So that would be a really beautiful place to put everybody's everybody's thinking right now what does that corner look like like that corner is my my couch i have like a big sectional couch and i have a lamp behind my couch in that corner i think that's great (laughs) what you don't want is clutter in that area right there's definitely not clutter so Mm -hmm. you're good you're good you're good uh but that could be a place that maybe there's like a shelf or um at the in the corner at the base of or the lamp bases you put that that um that spell jar in. Mm. So 
could you could also make something tiny in a bottle that you could wear there's you can I also love writing dollar amounts on a bay leaf and putting it in my wallet which by the way where's your wallet right now is it on the floor yeah is your purse is your purse on the floor is it messy is it messy is it ratty is it like what is the energy of your money holder your purse your wallet uh where is it at is it on the floor, like, messy, dirty, you don't know where it is? Like, that's the intention that you're having for your wallet. Literally, literally right? We're talking about grounded forms of manifestation. That's literally how you're treating your... Mm -hmm. Or maybe it's time for a new wallet. Yes, yes. Uh, so those are just some some ideas. Um, so, yeah, I like to write, maybe I'm, I'm calling in a specific amount, $5,000. I write $5,000 on a bailey. Mm -hmm. I go put it in my wallet. And I, as I'm writing on the bay leaf, as I'm intending and putting it in the wallet, I'm being very loving with the way that I treat my money in my wallet. And I'm intending that this is going to do the thing. Mm. You know, how, how it happens or how long it takes. That was my next question for you. Like, do you specifically have like, do you set time frames for when you do this type of work? Or does I, that matter? Is, you, is it just all about like the letting go is like the main piece, which most people struggle with, of course. Mm. You got to be present. <laughs> I would say I definitely don't put deadlines on these sort of things because mm. that's how you block it, right? Yeah. You're trying to tell it how mm. and when, right? And so I don't put deadlines, but I will also tell you through these magical workings, especially the blowing the cinnamon in the door one on the first of the month. <laughs> Everyone's going to be blowing cinnamon I, in the doors now. I hope now. so. <laughs> I hope so. Let's get that bag. Like, I hope so. Um, but it's usually when it's, when I, when it's aligned and I could really use it and I do that magic, magical working, I'm very intentional, very present with it. And I, I allow it to, as I release it and I, you know, I intend and then I release and, and I kind of just hand the, I put the ball in the universe's court then it's usually like a couple of days. Wow. Honestly, it's my turn, awesome. average, average turnaround time, like 48 to seven, 72 hours. That's amazing. And I just want to note for those listening that a big part of that is the letting go probably like you, you it's everything. Yeah. And so what, um, what has, what helps you kind of like detach? Cause I know like, you know, that's the big challenge for most people is like they, and this is like, when I talk about quantum manifestation and like being the you who already has, it's a big part of that is like just staying present and in the now and it is done. Um, but I always love to hear other people's like, uh, advice, uh, practices with like just detaching and well, to be able to let go, you have to trust, right? That's that's it. That's the key. <laughs> so how do you learn to trust? By trusting. <laughs> Experiment. Mm. You will build your trust in the universe and how this works and how you are in your choice and you are the creator and you are the one writing your entire reality. Um, you will build that trust by trusting. So if you don't trust right now, presently, become the experimenter with it especially if that's in your human design, if you have a three line. Oh, I have a six, but we are act as threes for a lot of our life. <laughs> oh, I see. Just, just see what happens. Make a game out of it. Make it an experiment. This is how I got so in touch with living as a generator and living mm -hmm. in my human design was I did an experiment. I'm like, okay, this is what most people say to do. So I'm going to be fully skeptical, but also fully open 
and wanting, you know, wanting this to work, but if it doesn't, I will accept that as well, mm-hmm. which is a healthy level of skepticism, which I, I love. Mm-hmm. I love. We all need to know things for ourselves, and that's often through exper- experiment. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm a scientist, right? Um, so experiment. Do, you know, everyone says, as a generator to follow my joy, everyone says uh, what I'm manifesting to let go. What if I actually fully did that just to mm-hmm. see what happened? And then your mind's going to be blown because this is how the universe operates. This is the metaphysical laws that govern our entire realm, right? Uh, and then you're like, whoa, what if I did it again? And then you just do that forever. <laughs> you know what's funny? I, I love that you're bringing the human design views in it. Um, and the experiment thing, like that's a really fun way to look at manifestation and detaching and everything is just experimenting. Like life is a game anyway. I love that you're bringing human design into this too. I mean, I've been nerding out on human design like crazy, been adding it to my work and how I support people more now because it just makes sense. It just goes along with everything. Um, And it's funny that you said that, like, it sounds so easy. Oh, yeah, just follow your joy and do all this. Yeah, so many people struggle with it. I know as a generator as well, like, I love to do things like I you know we just do 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 it's fun it's like you can't stop um and one of the biggest practices has been to kind of just be aware of when I'm when I need to take a step back or when it's time to have a little dance party (laughs) or when it's time to you know and um yeah it's been it's been a really cool journey and it's funny that to think that wow we get to just be our freaking selves and do what we love and it it's it's that easy but it seems that hard for so many people because of the conditioning yeah it's oh, the conditioning man that's a whole rabbit hole but i mean specifically speaking about generator because many people are generators and manifesting generators uh saying yes to your joy, like you said, it sounds easy, but that means you have to say to what's not your joy. And if you're Mm -hmm. a chronic people pleaser and you have shit boundaries, that's going to be very difficult for you and uncomfortable Mm -hmm. and unsettling and new. Yeah. That's a really good thing to bring up. Um, something for me, like ever since I started really practicing my design, I've been really getting really good at like listening to the internal yes and no, because I'm a sacral authority and I have really, it's, it's, kind of feels like a fresh a breath of fresh air for me because I no longer need to rationalize things if it's a yes it's a yes if it's a no it's a no and it doesn't really matter why and that like just honoring that has shifted so much for me in my relationships with my my friends business everything like just you know it's a, if it's a no I'm going to honor my no and I don't need to know why I so I'm also a sacral generator mm-hmm. um something that I don't remember where I picked this up from some podcast. When you are a sacral generator, it's one of the ways if you're trying to understand what it feels like in your body when it is a yes and when it is a no is to listen to your vocalization reaction mm-hmm. of it like that. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. That's that's a yes. Or, or if someone says, do you want to collaborate on this? For example, do you want to collaborate on this? And you go, uh, yeah, that's a no, that's a no, right? Yeah. Or if you go, um, that could, it could be a yes, right? It's kind of like a, an uptick in the vocalization of it. So listening, yeah. like if you're like, oh, 
that's that's a no. Yeah. We don't, that's it. Stop right there. That's a no. Yeah. So because the sacral is expressing itself up through the throat. Yeah. So much, so much that goes into human design. It's wild that um, he raw channeled that whole thing from the beings. Did you ever, there's a documentary for anyone who wants to check it out. There's a whole documentary on YouTube about the contact of like when he received the whole download. Is that um, law of one? No, Something that's a different else. raw. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, no raw Uru is the one who channeled the human design and there's a whole documentary about it. Super cool. I'm going to have to see that. Yeah. I love human design. I know. My, I could... Go ahead. Uh, my <laughs> boyfriend's a, a reflector. Oh, wow. They're very, like, very rare. Mm-hmm. It's, it's definitely helped our relationship so much to know our human design because I'm just, I'm the energizer bunny. And he needs, like, I know, like we're talking about right now, I know when it's a yes and when it's a no immediately. Like, I can feel it in my body now that I'm attuned to it. He literally, his strategy is to wait a lunar cycle. I know. So game changer to know that about our relationship. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure it, it avoids any arguments. <laughs> well, so um, I, I want to wrap it up soon, but I do want to get into some alien talk before because you're all about the star seeds yes. and, and helping people with... Um, you know, opening their starseed gifts and going on that path. Um, do you talk a lot about different types of starseed origins? I'm curious because some people I've, are into it and some people aren't really, you know, super immersed in it. I've done several classes in my uh, I guess mystery school of sorts. I have an app, like membership. I've done classes on it for sure, so I've definitely explored it. Um, I don't talk about it so much on social media because it's just, I very much believe in star seeds. Mm -hmm. I am one. Um, and, but it, it's so easy to, for people to go into a complete like egoic spiritual thing, mm -hmm. especially yeah. when they're new. Right. Yeah. And I don't want to contribute to that. Yeah. So when I do speak about it, it's in closed spaces with a lot of discernment, but I do go very deep with it. This, mm -hmm. this could be one of those spaces. Yeah, I mean, you, 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 there's just so much, so much to it. You got like the indigo children, the crystal, the this, the that. I can't even keep up with all of them. The Pleiadian star seeds, Arcturian, and all of that, um, which is the I, I I didn't start getting into the galactic side of things until later on my journey. I was always very much into angels because I was brought up Catholic and. I felt like that was very safe for me. So when I started getting into spirit guides and like connecting um, with spirit, it was always through angels. And I remember one of my first meditations, I saw a light being just white, all white. And uh, she said her name was Celeste. And at that time I didn't know what Celeste meant. It means from the heavens. Um, but I, I wasn't like into that lingo back then. Um, and I don't know whether or not it was an angel or whatever, but later on down the line, I started thinking and realizing, oh, there's a lot of different types of beings, light beings, high vibrational, supportive beings outside of just the angelic realm. 
And I started realizing that I felt even more connected to, to different types of, a lot of different types of energies. So sometimes people ask me stuff like, what are you most connected to? Or what do you channel when you do your light language? And it's a kind of a multitude of things. Lately, I feel very connected with Arcturian energy, but I also try not to like fully be like, oh, because it's also me. Like it's also my soul outside of the, the human avatar that exists in all time and space and is connected to multiple different energies. And so it's kind of challenging to explain that. But anyway, I, I just, yeah. Thank you for sharing that. Uh, I love that. I, I totally get what you're saying here. And like, if you have an old soul, which I believe someone like yourself would maybe identify with, you've probably been to many places, mm -hmm. you know? So it's, it's sort of like trying to say when people ask like your ethnicity, mm -hmm. like what ethnicity you are, you can't just say one thing. It's not the complete picture yeah. of like your soul's experience. And, and that's in just looking at it from linear time perspective, right? Mm -hmm. So I love what you said there. I think maybe when we say starseed, it's more so someone who's attuned to the past lives that they've had in different places. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. How many lifetimes do you think you've had? <laughs> I don't know. I think about that a lot. A lot. <laughs> I have many, many, but I don't know. You know, how could you say? Many. Have you had any... Um interesting alien encounters yes um i don't know if it counts because i had um i was in i was doing psilocybin at the time it was the okay so oh, it counts I think girl because i've had a psilocybin okay. experience where i straight up legit actually saw that's how i i realized um certain things of the energies that i was connecting to because i literally mm. saw Mm -hmm. like two, three times clear as day with my eyes closed, but clear as day. <laughs> mm -hmm. So this, this psilocybin trip was actually more powerful even than when I did ayahuasca, which ayahuasca, beautiful, beautiful, loving, nurturing grandmother energy. She will smack you if she needs to. Right. But mm -hmm. I love that. It's, uh, the active compound there is DMT. Right. Mm -hmm. So people say that that's like very extreme, intense, um, I don't, I don't know if I said this in our Instagram live together, but I died when I was a kid. And so I think maybe that had some reason on why ayahuasca wow. wasn't like so profound for me, but I took like a lot of it mm. and it, you know, everybody else was like tripping nuts. Um, and I was just like, this is cool. I like this. Wow. <laughs> uh, that's a whole other topic. I did throw up. It was awesome. It was, the <laughs> it was the best part of it actually. Wow. Um, but this, uh, my, my, I guess, alien experience was, and this is aliens and angels, mm. same, 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 right? I've also wondered that too. I think it's, they're the same. They're the same higher dimensional beings. Some people say I, that they're the same. Some people say they're still different types of beings, but I mean, who knows really? I, I... I really think that they're the same. That's that's what I believe, and that's um, 
there's just so much indigenous contact where like those spiritual practices where they come from is literally channeled from like Pleiades and they mm -hmm. will tell you like they have their own word for Pleiades mm. but like for example my my mentor that I'm apprenticing under the shamanic lineage is Peruvian and they have the word Caracatalac which means Pleiadians and they oh, wow. channel from the Pleiadians at the top of the Andes Mountains every Saturday night, like it's frequent and it's happening. Wow. And all of the traditions come from the download from there. And so, and actually uh, I'm half indigenous and I'm a healer in my tribe and our ceremonial face paint has seven dots on each side for the seven sisters of Pleiades. Oh, wow. So this stuff is oh, cool. very, it's when you think about like where do we get things like mm -hmm. Ayurveda, this amazing medicinal system that's been around for like five to eight thousand years, it's channeled literally from these higher dimensional beings from alien. Like, don't wait, this is such a deep rabbit hole with aliens. Oh, I know, I day. can freaking go down the, the alien <laughs> rabbit hole too. I all didn't day. know, I didn't. That, that's so uh, fascinating to hear that about the Peruvian stuff, like at the top of the mountain channeling. Mm -hmm. wow. Yeah, like actively. Um, and these are the same beings that told them to go into the mountains when the conquistadors were coming, and that's how they preserved their medicine. Wow. But anyway, anyways. That's like uh, a really fascinating, I think that's a really fascinating tidbit yeah. of information. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, so back to my psilocybin trip alien encounter, um, which again, I believe to be alien, or I believe to be aliens to be the angels mm -hmm. and, and then just be higher dimensional beings, which higher dimensional doesn't necessarily mean higher. It doesn't mean of, it doesn't automatically mean of benevolent intent, right? Mm. Um, but when we speak about angels, I do mean, and when I say benevolent intent, I mean those looking to restore order versus cause chaos. Mm -hmm. When we have a higher dimensional being that's looking to cause chaos, then we have something more like a demon. Um, mm. So anyways, um, yeah, so this, this psilocybin trip was more intense than the ayahuasca that I've had. And so that's how I know that there was definitely, and, and more intense than any other psilocybin experience that I've had, which have been probably half a dozen of so far. Mm. Um, they're just so profound every time. I don't, I don't I know anymore, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I was on the beach. I had lived in Florida at the time. Now currently I live in Colorado, soon to be Mexico. And I started really, it started really hitting me within like 10 minutes of ingestion, which is very wow. quick, very quick. Right. Mm -hmm. It's usually about 30, 40. And I, walked up the stairs and it was like there's like a wooden boardwalk that was taking you over the sand dune to the beach from like the parking lot and as you crossed over the bridge there was a shroud like almost like it made like a portal like a circular overhead shroud of greenery and so I felt like as I was coming up, I was walking through a portal there. And at the other side of the portal, once the greenery um, cleared from overhead as I continued to walk, then I came out to the scene of the beach below with the wooden stairs going down to it. I sat at the top of those stairs and the sky was open, the waves were crashing in and the moon was full. At the time, I didn't even know to like track for the full moon. Mm. 
And so this was actually very much in congruence with my entire like life shifting, reality shifting. This was, I had this trip and then the rest of my life began. Wow. Yeah. So, (laughs) so I had earlier in the year gotten my first tattoo. It's on my ankle. It's a hexagon, which I'm a life path six. I have a lot of, I love hexagons. Hmm. Um, and also in organic chemistry, I have that chemical engineering background, uh, there's a lot of hexagons as well. So I just really resonated with it. When I quit my job, I got this tattoo. I didn't, you know, I was like, oh, maybe it's like, you know, ode. It's just a simple hexagon. Maybe it's ode to my chemical career. I don't really know. Um, So anyways, fast forward to that night, I spoke with the moon. Mm. And the moon embodied an energy that I had never encountered before in my life. And I asked the moon, what do I do? I'm here. I'm ready to do the thing. What do I do? And the moon said, and this is important. It's, it's not the moon. It's, it's who's embodying the moon. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, moon <laughs> the moon said, show them what I've shown you. And I said, they're not, I dropped my head and I said, they're not going to understand. Like how, how could I, everyone think I'm crazy, I'm crazy right? they're not going to get it if I do that. And the moon said back to me, that's why I have you. Like, that's why you're here. You're here to make it grounded. Mm. It was very simple. It didn't say all that. It just said, that's why you're here. Yeah. You're here to translate these, mm-hmm. what are deep occult hermetic metaphysical law, like philosophies into I'm... ways that are real and practical. Mm. I love that. And so I was just, that was, there was a lot more that happened that night, but that was just like, I've never, I felt like I was talking to God or something. Mm-hmm. It was an energy I never, never, uh, never encountered before. And then I went to a psychic, quote unquote, right? Because mm-hmm. uh, I have a lot of, a lot to say about the word psychic, but I went to a psychic and about a week later, and she told me that I had just spoken to Archangel Metatron. Mm. And I learned that his thing is the Merkaba. Mm-hmm. It's it's the Metatron's cube is that is that hexagon symbol of universal order. And when and when the Merkaba is in just a 2D form, it's a hexagon. And when it's do you know what I'm talking about the Merkaba? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, the two triangles and, overlapping kind mm-hmm. of yeah. The two mm-hmm. pyramids. And so when she told me that everything clicked that I had been talking to this like alien energy that night who told me like what to do. And so, you know, then I formed my own relationship with Archangel Metatron, which if that sounds like a transformer name, that's what I thought at the time mm-hmm. too. Uh, Archangel Metatron is actually head of the Archangels who let, who did lead, uh, lead a life as a human in one incarnation. And so that, entire like what was it was more than what was said to me it was this energy that was like downloaded into me that night that has been the foundation of everything that i've done in the two and a half years since which has been like literally from zero to hero like i was shit broke at the time and now like my company is my mission which is my business is going to do like multiple six figures this year that's amazing. Just to tell you, like, the expansion of what was downloaded into me that night. So that's, like, 
and just the synchronicity of the hexagon thing was so weird. Um, so it was not as like visual as like maybe your experience that you're describing, but I'm not a visual person. Mm -hmm. I'm extremely cerebral. Um, clairvoyance is probably my weakest Claire. I'm more of a, I know things and I hear things. That's what I mostly am. Um, thank you for sharing that story. It's incredible. I've, I'm, I was just like seeing myself there as you were sharing it. It's wild that, and when I got goosebumps when you said that the moon said, that's why you're here. Cause that is something that I have felt and known and got as well. Um, especially in times where I kind of questioned like, who am I to share this or channel this or whatever? And I was like, well, actually I'm the bridge like between the spirit world and the physical. And so I've accepted the call. I've been asking, I literally would, I, I read old journals of mine. I saved like all my old journals. And so my channel, um, I mean, I've always been channeling, but the, the frequencies opened up in the last two years. And I read some of my old journals and throughout the years, I've always been writing like, I'm ready, like, you know, please, you know, channel through me. I want to be of like the highest service. I, I know that something's wanting to come through me. I know that something's wanting to come through me. And I kept knowing that and didn't understand it um, or wasn't, it didn't feel as clear as it eventually began. And then it was a similar knowing and message of like, oh, well, you're like the bridge between the spirit world and the physical and I believe mostly all of us are in our own way, um, you know, and it looks different for each person. So mm. everybody has healing energy, but not everyone is attuned and necessarily in this lifetime meant to channel that and facilitate it for other people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. If the calling is there, though, like if mm. the desire is there, if like the interest is there i feel like it's there for a reason totally sure. it is yeah it's like the the longings of your heart is like in alignment with your soul contracts mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and something something that i i tell because i i work with a lot of like new healers new empath psychics intuitives something that i tell them when they have this same doubt of who am i to do this mm -hmm. i can't do this i don't have that power i'm not that healed you're the channel mm -hmm. you're not the power yeah, you and know? you you still have your own power, but yeah, you're you're literally the conduit of mm -hmm. the messenger. Yeah. You don't have to be anything because the divine is all that. Mm -hmm. You just gotta keep that channel clear. Yeah. You... Yeah, keep the channel clear by setting intention and you know doing protection work and stuff as well, and taking care of your vessel. I know. Um, when I first started opening my channel more, um, I was a little nervous in the very beginning because I wanted to make sure that I was safe and nothing else would get in um, my way or whatever and have kind of certain things that I say or do um, just to make sure that my vessel is clear and, you know, from a place of power, you know. Um, but my alien experiences, yes, were a little different than yours, but I started having them in dreams at first, um, because I have crazy dreams. I could write a whole book about dreams, which is a whole nother topic for a whole nother freaking day. Um, but it wasn't until recently, uh, in the last year, 
I saw the visual twice. So once it was like the, was a ship and it's, I never shared this yet. And the second two times was actual, the first, first time was the ship. I just saw it and that, and then channeling came through. So it was always before uh, a transmission, like straight up <clears throat> with the light language. Uh, the second one was a face, like an alien extraterrestrial face, kind of like a traditional, like with the big eyes, but it was a little bit wider and like very pearlescent, shiny, kind of like my colors, like the lavendery, but like shiny. And then the third time was more of an authoritative looking similar uh, being, Arcturian, I'm assuming looked just like him, and um, lots of patterns around it. And that particular um, time, and I've had conversations telepathically through those experiences of like, kind of in those experiences for me, it was setting boundaries and wanting to, to know um, like, before wanting to know a little bit more about like before I transmit something or whatever, it was kind of like still building the relationship more, if that makes sense. And um, like, yeah, asking certain questions that I had um, in regards to the information and things that are I'm bringing through. But the third time with the more authority, authoritative looking one, um, right after I had asked a question or I shared a concern or something, um, <laughs> instead of like channeling light language, I was taken over, taken over by laughter. I literally have not laughed that hard. I thought I was going to pass the fuck out from laughing that hard. I could, I could not even <laughs> breathe. Like, and I remember thinking in my head, oh my God, I didn't even know it was possible to laugh this hard. Like, it was just like nonstop. Like, like it was just kind of like, instead of channeling, but laughing, it just took over in laughter. And it was like so incredibly healing and so funny and, um, yeah, it was a really cool experience. That sounds like a really like high vibration coming through. Yeah, yeah. Like, and I was I, the, so here's like a little bit more context. Um, I was hearing sounds in my ears. It was during a psilocybin journey. I was hearing sounds in my ears at first that I didn't. It didn't feel great to hear them. It was kind of I was concerned of like why am I hearing things? I never heard things <laughs> in my ears before. And um, I had shared with the the um, the being, the light being, that I didn't like the sound. <laughs> and um, from there, he was like apologizing, and was like, "Oh, this is this is what is happening." Um, I didn't realize that that was bothering you. I come from love. This is what I'm supporting with. And then the laughing started and the sound stopped. <laughs> it was really That's cool. That's awesome. How recent was that? That was, that one in particular was maybe in like February. Wow. Yeah, it was, it was cool. Um, it was cool because I have been working with these in dream time mainly 
Um, but as far as seeing them visually, it's only been a couple of times. And of course, from there, it's like, it's kind of like a different level of starting a different level of building relationship, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Like kind of, hey, let me know before you come, like, give me a little signal of, you know, when you're, or, or give me some cl more clarity on certain things that, you know, it's like, how do we work together? It's kind of like, how do, how are we working together? What works for both of us kind of thing? Um, that kind of jazz. Hmm. Does that make sense? Um, yeah. Yes. So something that you said was about um, protection. Mm-hmm. At the beginning, we talked about something I would share with someone who's newer to this path. Mm -hmm. After grounding would be protection. Mm. Right? Especially when you're in a vulnerable space, like with psilocybin. Yeah. That sounds um, like you had a good time. Though. Yeah. Yeah. Something for protection um, that I do that just is pretty easy. Uh, there's a few things. I like to have um, black tourmaline around. Yeah, I usually have like a big chunk of it. So I usually hold it or have it near me when I'm in certain spaces. Um, but really easily also, um, one of my good friends and frequency attunement coaches, he does these activations and he sent me a couple really easy phrases. And one of them is along the lines of, um, I'm choosing to connect to the infinite eternal source and surround, you know, something like um, surrounding my field with the platinum light to really just encapsulate the highest vibrational frequencies of love and light and, you know, keep out anything that is not welcome here or not resonant and something saying things like that and visualizing like a platinum light shield around me. I do that before I go to bed as well, because Sometimes I've had I've had really freaky dream experiences as well because I I guess I like to travel, <laughs> and um, you know stuff can happen when when you do that in dream time and it's not something that I was always consciously aware of I guess my soul's like hey I got some shit to do <laughs> but um, I realized that I it's best to just. You know, I, and I do the same thing before I go to bed. I, I just connect to the infinite eternal source and I just visualize basically the, the platinum light coming in through my crown and filling my body, but then also surrounding with a shield. That's what I personally do. And I haven't had any, you know, weird experiences in sleep when I do that. That's, that's actually really similar to what's taught in my shamanic lineage. Hmm the the protection we call it, it's called wera kocha in the language Quechua, which is the indigenous language mm. wera is the name for god and then kocha is like golden foam mm. and it's talking about the eighth chakra the like the connection with source energy and you basically you start with your hands at the heart and you pierce up through the third eye through the crown up into like basically extending your arms all the way up and your hands are still in prayer and then you kind of reach into that and you pull it down around you mm. and it's that same it's that same light that you're talking about surrounding yourself with very cool yeah i think that it can be um a simple practice like that as well you know i know there's many different ways to protect yourself and of course all of the mostly all of the dark or the black crystals 
stones are known for protection as well. So having that on you or around you is always good too. Mm. Something, something about that as well is I like to put my protection crystal jewelry on a bed of salt. I just have mm. like a shallow tray with salt and I'll put it there at the end of the day. So when I'm sleeping, it can kind of like leach out or like cleanse. So mm. I can use it again fresh the next day. Nice. Um, I noticed that when I don't do that, they can break. Okay. Wow. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've had that happen. Not to put my black tourmaline, but I think I should try the salt thing or just put on a block of selenite. <laughs> yeah, selenite would be great too. Yeah. Wow, well, we covered so much ground in here. I didn't even expect to go this far. I feel like we could just talk all day. Um, from witchcraft to star seeds to money manifestation to aliens, we covered human a design. lot. Of this. Human design. Forgot about that. Wow. I don't even know what I'm going to title this podcast. It's probably going to be all of the above. <laughs> so, um, occult, occult studies. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, Savannah, where can people find you and check more out, check out more about like your work, what you share, your social media, any witchy programs that you got going on? Yeah, so at BlissfulXBohemian on Instagram and TikTok. Also on Instagram is my mystery school at the portal 1111. It's uh, $33 a month. We have live class by six resident instructors every mm -hmm. evening, every weeknight. Um, so really a great way to get started. Um, and then I also have an intuitive academy for those who are wanting to learn to practitioner. Nice. That's awesome. You have a lot of really great tools and resources for people. And I will leave those links in the show notes as well, of course. So for those listening, check out the show notes so that you know where to find and connect with Savannah. And thank you so much again for jamming out and sharing your magic and going deep with me and all of these topics. This was amazing. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I've been listening to this podcast for so long. It's so awesome to finally be on it. Oh, that's so <laughs> cool. <laughs> Full circle moment. <laughs> and thank you for anyone listening. I love you. Tag us when you listen on Instagram. And I'll see you in the next episode. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you loved what you heard, please be sure to leave a review on iTunes and hit the subscribe button. If you want extra motivation to manifest a life and business that you're obsessed with, then find me on Instagram at the spiritual boss babe or visit spiritualbossbabe.com. I love you and appreciate you so, so much. And I'll see you in the next episode. I hope you have a magical day.